Just did breaking news. Double bullshit. Double bullshit. No bullshit. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Charlie. What up, though? And this is the No Bullshit News Hour. Like how I did that. With us is Karen Dumas, the queen of the scene. Mark Narcoleptic. Ooh, I like that. I'll take that. That's it. Mannequin Joe, of course. What's up, man? What's your title? Uh, principal at Roast Strategic. Okay, Principal at Roast Strategic. Did you name that after yourself? Huh? Creative. <laughs> All right, look, before we do this, um, we buried our children in Oxford. So we think of them. Thankfully, some of the children survived. I want to go right right to it. Um, the father of Phoebe Arthur, a 14-year-old who was shot by Ethan Crumbly, is with us. He's on the phone. It's Ben Arthur. Hey, Ben, how you doing, brother? Doing all right, Charlie. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. Uh, I don't know if to say I'm doing better than you or you're doing better than any of us. What's your mood? Uh, I'm grateful that she's all right. And, uh, you know, we're overwhelmed with sadness about, uh, what happened and the kids that we lost. <sighs> um, I don't know what else to say right now. <clears throat> that you're happy you got your baby. Absolutely. We're thrilled to have her home. Uh, and she's doing, she's doing all right. She's doing really good. Dealing with it, I asked you to. Um, I want to go into the nitty gritty of it. It's, it's uh, I, I know you're broken up about it. We've been talking a lot, but all the people that watch this program, I, I feel we're a community, and um, you're part of our community. And I just want you to know that all of us love you very much. We wish you a really Merry Christmas, man. And I, I, I think you have the greatest gift of all, which is you get to look again at how, 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 how dear that, that baby is. Absolutely. So I, I want to say on behalf of all of us, God bless you and your family and our best to Phoebe, yeah? Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Uh, we, we would like to just thank everybody who's their outpouring of support, um, donations to the GoFundMe and, and directly to the family and everything has just been, everyone's just, I don't need, I can't even put it into words how grateful we are that everyone has really come together like this and, and helped us out and, and everyone else too. Um, Bro. It's been a, I, when your kid, is hurt. There's 
there's nothing else in the world that matters to you at all. You know, I, I don't even really know what I'm trying to say here, but <laughs> we're, we're very thankful that she's home. She's safe. This has been just horrible. Um, but we're, as a family, man, we're strong. We're strong. We're doing well. That's important. I, 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 how are we supposed to feel? I tell you, look, when, when my baby came into the world, she was exactly four pounds and one half ounce. So she was a little one. And I developed this uh, strange tick. I think parents know it. It's, you know, those strange fleeting moments when, you know, it's just those, those odd little moments like you, you think something's befalling your kid or, or there's some pain that you might imagine. My, my tick is I always cross myself. I, I developed that from the, the moment she came into life. And so I find myself doing that a lot this week. But you're kind of a leader in this. I mean, it's really affected your family. Where, how do we look at things and where do we go lead us? How, how do we make things better, man? How do we, I don't know how we make things better. Um, I, I think that the whole community, uh, not just the community, but more than that, uh, really needs just healing, uh, positive thoughts, you know, good vibes out there. Just stop all the, you know, everyone is hating on everything back and forth about stupid stuff that doesn't really matter. And we all need to like take a step back and take another step back and look at what we're all fighting about. And say, that's, that's silly. Yep. We need to get together and, and, you know, celebrate, celebrate what we have. Beautiful. I love that. Um, that's going to take some time. Do you, how much anger do you have? Are you still in the anger stage? And at whom? Um, no, not, I don't really hold much anger at anyone in particular. Um, besides the obvious. Yeah. That, uh, that sucks. But I, I'm not, I don't know enough to say that, anyone to point a finger, you know, I, I, it's just, that's not, uh, it's above my pay grade is what I like to call it. You know, maybe it's not the time yet. And perhaps it's not the time. How's your girl? She's doing wonderful. She's doing wonderful. She's, she's home. She's safe. She's happy. As happy as she can be a little frustrated about, uh, um, her left arm doesn't uh, doesn't work so hot right now. Oh. Over time, that should come back. That's what they've told us. Um, but uh, overall, I would say she's in she's in good spirits. You know, this is. Oh, I love you, man. You know, it's in a weird thing. We kind of grown a little bit close over the last week, right? Yeah. I'm not going to belabor this. I, I know people 
want specificity, what happened, that sort of thing. I not my reporter in me wants to ask that the the man in me won't. But well, I appreciate that. I'm not. I don't know how ready I am to talk about that. So. Good. Good. That's all good. That's yours. I I I just want you to know we're we're thinking about you. We're thinking about the families whose children won't be here. Mm-hmm. Thinking about all of Oxford, all of you know. Thinking about kids. It is the season of love. If you can't love a child, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry, Charlie. I, thank you. Okay, man. You need anything you call, okay? I will. Okay, I will. Man. I love you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you, Charlie. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Jesus, I'm cold. Charlie, you know, we talk about, and certainly con- prayers, condolences to those families whose children were lost in this, but you think about the innocence that was lost for the survivors, the, 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 the comfort, you know, high school is a fun time. It's a time of growth. It's a time of friendship and connectivity and all that's been wiped away for these students. You know, I mean, Ben said his daughter is doing phenomenally well and under the circumstances, I pray that she is and will continue to do so. But those are lives that are forever changed, Charlie, forever. All of ours. And it's something ugly. I hope something, I hope something beautiful can come out of it, you know. And <sighs> I, I just thought, look, you know, we're, we're going to get into what we do here today. But I just thought we should start with what's real. And then we can do our shitty pointing fingers at each other, complaining. The adult stuff. The adult stuff. Yeah. Well, you you and I were talking about, um, you know, having kids yesterday and how, you know, you don't understand that love. Keep that right book. I must say something right now. Go ahead. That meant very much to me. And I thought a lot about that all day long. And it's important for me to say, I love you. And I think you're a good man. And you're a father that really. That's quite kind. Really thinks about his children. And we have more of that. He does. does. We're not going to be crying today. Well, what what I was going to say, though, is you can't describe that to someone and the flip side of that is when you see something like happened in Oxford and what happened to Phoebe and you try to put yourself in those shoes I can't imagine the horror of actually being in those shoes when it's happening so but you know what the other side of that is too is that we have to start recognizing that we don't have to give birth to a child for us to have the same level of compassion and commitment and concern for that child. And that's how we have to start moving as a community that it's, I mean, we do. I mean, when we say our children, all kids are our children and we have to respond accordingly. Bravo. Bravo. When did Parkland happen more or less 2014, maybe something? No, after that, it wasn't that long ago, 2017? 17, yeah. It, because I remember when that happened, I re, you know, I'm a suburbanite, you know, like inner ring of Detroit. Uh, my kids, uh, I drive her to school. I've driven her to school her whole life. There's no school bus. And um, I remember after that, me staying in the parking lot 
till the bell rang and the doors got locked. Huh? Mm. Remember doing mm -hmm. that for a whole year? Oh, yeah. I can, I can and imagine. It, and that moved along. And I'm doing it again. I did it this morning. How long? How long we got to do this? Just think of that. Uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, do a Ben ass, man. Try, 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 try to love each other a little bit. You know, we don't got to argue about every dumb ass thing. Stop being dicks. Stop being dicks. Okay. But you know what, Charlie? The other side, too. Let's stop waiting for tragedy to kick in before we come together. People will rally around a, 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 a tragedy like this or, so, or something similar before they'll put their beliefs or differences aside to help work to prevent it. That's what we got to stop doing. We got to stop waiting until things like this bring us together and figure out what we need to do together to help prevent things like this from happening. Excuse me while I drink this beer. Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, let's segue here. Let, let's, let's bring you a word from our sponsors and then let's get into ripping on people. <laughs> no, yeah. Getting angry again. <laughs> Remember, the basis of the program here is we're getting angry to get somewhere. That's what we're doing. So, um, as you know, in the No Bullshit News Hour, we're... Uh, very much linked to American Coney Island downtown. I work there. Comedian Detroit Red works there. And it is the holiday season. It's time for the Coney kit. The greatest gift there is. I'm going to take you live to Comedian Detroit Red in his waiter gear, server gear, hosting gear, man about town gear. Right now, rush hour, Detroit Coney Island at the corner of Lafayette, Michigan Avenue. Are you there, Red? <laughs> he's there, but he's not. I guess he's muted. I hope, he out, I hope he punched out. I hope he punched out for this break. This guy every morning he gets up, he smokes a fucking cigar, he coughs out a lung. Morning, 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 and he forgets. You're still muted, James Harvey. Well, oh, he goes. Oh, Zoom's pretty new. Okay. Yeah. No. No. Oh, now we just press unmute. I, I forgot what I'm doing. Here I be. Okay, and uh, go ahead. Do our advert, Red. Go ahead, brother. Okay. First of all, let me tell you something. American Coney Island is the best dive by all rights possible on the world. But you can get your Coney kit this year. And that's what I'm down here, making my money for my Coney kits to send out. You see the fresh dog, the medallion onions. The chili, the buns, and look here—you can go. Wait, what kind order. of what kind of onion was that? That's a Vidalion onion. Did I say that Wait, correctly? A Vidalion onion. A Vidalion. It's a fresh damn onion. Wait a minute. What, like, a, what is this like? What is this like? They, the, from <laughs> Vidalion? What is that like? An asteroid off of Uranus? What's going on? <laughs> oh, Charlie. <laughs> okay. Uh, hold on. Onion, hold on. Hold on. Vidalia. Onion. A Vidalia. Okay, Vidalia. Sweet onion. Georgian okay. onion. Okay. Yeah, and it's fresh too. Nice yeah. and firm. Then you got your fresh chili, of course, made by American Coney Island. This is their own recipe. This ain't nobody else mess. This is their good chili here. Mm -hmm. You got your soft, fresh buns. Mm -hmm. And then you get your fresh hot dog. See that? American Coney Island. Again, made and, specifically and for American Coney Island. There you go. Yeah. And if you want to get in the mood and really feel like you're in the trenches like I am, you even get a hat. 
So you can wear the hat while you make your Coney kit and you get that there. Now, no. look, I came down here and got a goddamn ticket to get this Coney kit in the work. You don't have to do that. You can go to AmericanConeyIsland.com or what's this goldbelly.com and order your American Coney Island kit. They'll send it right to your house. Anywhere in the United States. Anywhere in the United States. It ain't stuck on a boat off in the port of uh, L.A. You're going to get no. there. No, it's not. Packed in dry ice the whole nine. Whole nine. And, and let me tell you something. These are so good that since I've been working here, I've put on an extra 10 pounds. I don't even eat anything in the anymore. That's all I eat is American Coney dogs. I wait to come to work to eat. Well, so you're saying they're fattening. Wait a minute. <laughs> No, yeah. he we'll he fix a lot. They're, they're addictive. We'll That's what it. I'm saying. They're we'll, addictive. They're we'll good. fix that in oh post. <laughs> they're actually quite nutritious. All right, Red. I look, started it's waiting tables just so I could eat them every day. I mean, right. come on. Oh, so it's a good boss. Like you don't have to pay for your meals. No, I don't. No, and I will say that helps a whole lot too. And if you do go down to American Coney Island, they got a big selection of craft beers. It's it's all good. It's super clean, and uh, you know. Come say hello to my guy, Red. I don't even go home when I get off. You should have left your ticket on the car, because otherwise, when you're going to go back, you're going to get another one. You should have left it there. <laughs> now, here's the funny part. The ticket is for 1236. I could have swore I was putting time on the thing at 1236. So me and the city of Detroit might be fighting about this. Yeah, and you can't luck. be City Hall, dude. All <laughs> exactly. right, man, get back to work, bro. Looks really crowded there. They're very crowded. They're coming in by the busloads to get these hot dogs. They're waiting for that table you're sitting Do at. Do me a favor. Go next door to Ali and tell him to kiss my ass, would you? <laughs> right here. Let's go over here right now, actually. All right, all right. Well, wait, while well, he's going over there. Okay, hold on. We just, we just might as well. How'd you get rid of that Red's idea, going over Charlie? to Lafayette. <laughs> Oh, it's the, it's the Popo. Come over here and, and, and tell old boy to kiss his ass from Charlie Liddell. He's right there on the shore. Hold on. There you go. Right there in the corner. Where's Ali? Hey, Ali. Where's Ali. Ali. Charlie, Charlie Liddell said kiss his ass. Wait. <laughs> 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 he said he, he putting his ass up in there. Ali, man. Come on, man. He said kiss his ass bone. Oh, hold on a second. An tell him this, motherfucker. There's my ass, too. Huh? Hold on, you guys are missing that he's patting his behind, but he's still preparing the food. That's not oh, a good yeah, sign. Yeah. When you see my behind, I'm on my knees doing the foundational work there. Uh, uh, oh, that's what you call it? All right, anyway, Red, thank you for that, bro, and uh, Merry Christmas to you, brother. And he's got his hair pulled back. Good move, you know, Red. Yeah. Thank you. All right, get him oh, out yeah, of here. We play by the rules over here. We're clean, clean, and clean. I can't say that enough. Go next right. door. You don't know what you might get. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now the, the segue there. Listen here, man. Okay, uh, hit me. Oh yeah, that's right. Want to remind you? Want to remind you, man? Get a little something extra special next Christmas by managing your wealth properly. Remember. Finances isn't getting rich today. That's why I said you're going to try to build your wealth for a little nicer Christmas next year. Maybe the kid going off to college. Maybe you got to get that roof put on. Okay? Maybe you're just sick of freaking out. And you're just trying to get to retirement and live a nice old age. Do not guess. 
Get some professional help. Royal Associates Inc. That's Luke Nowacki. And call the one and only. And you call 248 is what you call 6634748. Grow your assets. Luke Nowacki, 248-6637. Matter of fact, Boy, Jeff King stopped by. That's right, man. That's right. That's right After all the ham talking about the Royal, Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated. All right, let's get to it. By the way, thank you very much. We're on in five continents. Five. Ooh, what are we missing? South America and Antarctica. What? We're working wow. on Antarctica. And I got some people in, in South America. I'm going to say, like, que pasó? <laughs> Fucking, you know. I think we just... Porque no escucha a mi, motherfucker. Okay. Como? Como. That's right. All right. That's, we're not talking. Mario? We're not talking. Andrew. We're not talking about the Cuomo brothers, but Chris? we will be talking about Whitmer and these nursing homes, right? Yes, sir. But what I want to do is Friday, we, you know, thank you, Ben, thinking of your brother. Friday, all this crap was breaking, right? And what's going on during the week? I, I must, I must try to reorder what the elected officials are doing, this, this moth to the flame bullshit about media, it went sideways. It went absolutely sideways. Did it not? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. It seems to be more about handling the politicos everywhere as opposed to the families like Ben. Yep. The tragedy in Oxford last week is about four children who were murdered and another in an Oakland County lockup who's accused of killing them. That's what it's about. It's about four kids who won't see Christmas. It's about 11 devastated families having to find a way to go on. It's about a community trying to make sense of the senseless. It's not about political careers or election cycles. It's not about today show appearances. But that's where our elected representatives here in Oakland County have decided to take the Oxford High School tragedy. It's become a distasteful, and self-aggrandizing scene. There they were. Karen McDonald, the Oakland County Prosecutor, I respect her very much. And Mike Bouchard, the County Sheriff, I respect him very much. But they're drawn to the cameras like moths to the porch light, appearing on Wolf Blitzer's or Anderson Cooper's or Don Lemon's shows or sometimes all three in a row. Do you see that? Yeah, they're everywhere. And now Attorney General Dana Nessel has stuck her beak into the media orgy, taking the late-night cable news and issuing press releases how Oxford school officials should let her in. It appears to me the rush to the dim bulbs of cable TV has distracted them from doing their elected jobs effectively. The prosecutor decided last Friday, as we were just getting off the air, that she was going to announce charges against the parents of 15-year-old gunman Ethan Crumbly through the media. The sheriff then went on TV to complain that the prosecutor never informed him that charges were coming and that he only learned of her intentions through media reports. So we put, we put this little montage together just, just to give you a little primer. If we have it queued up, please play that. Let me just clarify one point. I know yesterday you said charges against the parents potentially could come up within 24 hours, but the sheriff says your office didn't give him uh, a specific heads up that the charges were actually coming today. Is that true? 
the charges were, my office was in constant communication with the detectives working the case. We needed certain evidence to, to, to make that charge and we couldn't get it without it. Um, the swear to was by a sheriff's detective who, by the way, is, was, is extraordinary. Um, before I made the announcement. What she said last night was she would make a charging decision. Uh, I didn't learn of any charges until this morning when a media outlet called and said that she had announced a press conference. And then I called my uh, commanders and the officer in charge of the investigation. And I said, apparently there's going to be a press conference and charges today. Um, we better you know, get our folks out and try to find these two before she announces charges because, as we know, uh, when charges are announced or somebody's ordered into custody in a courtroom, if we're not there, there may be a gap in taking them into custody. I don't know where the lack of communication was, and 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 honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't care, and I, I just want to focus on the prosecution. I want to focus on these victims, and you know, it's unfortunate that that these two individuals are not apprehended yet. Um, but their attorney did uh, uh, communicate to law enforcement that, that sh they were turning themselves in. Had we simply been told charges are coming, so you know, get ready, a simple phone call. That's the way we've operated for 21 years since I've been sheriff and for 44 years since my undersheriff's been there. Uh, our team, and actually I was in the room, was was in constant communication with the the detectives who were actually working the case. Um, and uh, from the moment they, we all knew this was inevitable, and I, I think you'll agree, it was the world's worst kept secret. Um, I said it everywhere that this was happening. Uh, we we said, do you have eyes on them? And there was indication that they had some pretty good ideas about where they were. And, and we, we got updates about where a cell phone was pinging. Um, so we, we, we don't brief people um, like defense attorneys about when something's going to happen, where something's going to happen. I never had a conversation at all. I actually, there was just an unreturned text message. There has never been a time in my career or the undersheriff who is 44 years there where charges have been announced at a press conference when the person is not in custody. So you heard what the sheriff said there. Do you have, what's your response? Uh, my response is I really, this is so unfortunate because there's a community that's really suffering and their grief is immense and uh, we're focused on the wrong thing. So it was no secret everybody knew, but we're not talking to the defense attorneys. Okay. Now I'm told Prosecutor McDonald has since changed public relations firms. So let's not lose sight of what this is about. Without a doubt, it's grueling and important work our law enforcement officials are doing here. Having said that, the prosecutor should have informed the sheriff that she was seeking charges. The sheriff mm -hmm. then would have put her surveillance team on the crumblies. The judge would have signed the arrest warrant. The sheriff would have made the arrest, and only then should there have been a press conference. Trust me, I've been doing it a long time. But Charlie, do you think that she didn't know, or did she not want to share any potential attention surrounding those decisions? This is Republican sheriff. This is a Democratic prosecutor. 
And we got we got to stop. Right. We got to stop this bullshit. Bingo. The, the only thing that didn't happen was they didn't talk. So it seems to me. Bouchard and McDonald must have missed each other walking down the virtual hallway pre preparing for their morning news hits, not on the local TV stations where the wounded citizens of this community are seeking answers, but over the airwaves of a national outlet broadcasting from the concrete canyons of Manhattan. It's difficult to understand how the detectives and the prosecutor's office weren't in constant contact like on, on the hour. Which would mean, you know, see, we, I think we would all assume that they would be. I mean, this is only three and four days after the shooting. H how is it that this didn't come up in any conversation leading up to the press conference on Friday? It's an excellent question, Jason. And th that's, we need answers here at home. That's what we need. Not acrimony. We need leaders, not talk show guests. <laughs> well, and I think when you, take, when you take the stock of their media engagement and Karen as a communications person, I'm sure would agree. The fact that they're out doing one-on-one -on -one interviews with national media outlets, you know, I, I think leads to one to believe that this is about promoting themselves. Whereas, you know, what's our expectations as people in this community is that our elected leaders uh, and even the unelected that have a responsibility here are holding a press conference on a regular basis and informing us of what's going on and giving us what we need to know. The national media can pick up that feed. The local media can do their Q&A and, and inform us because we're the ones that need to know. The idea that they're on national media talking about this really, I think, is exploiting the, the tragic event. It's shabby. So the question arises, now why does Nestle appear on the Don Lemon show. Why is everybody on the Don Lemon show on Monday night? You know, he's trying to he's trying to capture the the fallout from the uh, the what's his name that's not on anymore. I can't even remember Cuomo. his name now. Chris Cuomo. Cuomo. Yeah. Thanks. See, short lived. <laughs> well, look. Let me make this point. It's a week after the horror, and there she is bemoaning the fact that the Oxford Community Schools declined her offer to conduct a third party review of last week's shooting rampage. We have that video. Let's play that. So one of the things that we did in our department is we had heard that the Oxford School District um, had indicated that they wanted a third party to review uh, the policies and protocols that were in place and really the events leading up to the acts of November 30th and what happened during the course of the event. So I offered the services of my department because I thought, what better agency to conduct such a review than the Michigan Department of Attorney General? And we learned just a short while ago that the school district has turned down our offer and has said that they're going to go with a private security firm instead to conduct an internal review. What so, do you think of that? I'm disappointed, quite honestly. Um, and, you know, obviously we hope that the school district cares as much about the safety of their students as they do shielding themselves from civil liability. Oh, okay, look, that's crass. And as true as it might be, it's crass. How does that help anyone, Madam Attorney General? Most people are under the impression you can investigate anything you want. If the school district doesn't want you, how about the nursing homes? You heard our friend Ben and others. We don't need the grandstanding. Presumably, 
Bouchard and McDonald will find the time and a willingness to work together to conduct a thorough investigation. One, by the way, that will bring justice and change, not only to the families of Oxford, but to the greater community of Michigan. They need to do this face to face. They don't need to do this through the telephone or Twitter or the TV screen. And as for Nestle, if the nursing homes are too tricky for you, try Flint. They're still waiting for the justice you promised them so long ago. Am I wrong? No, not at all. Well, and what's transparent about this is her inserting herself into this when she wasn't invited and, and we were still, mm -hmm. I think, officials on the ground trying to sort it out. But what I find interesting is Nestle and McDonald, you know, you brought up politics before. They're two Democrats. Uh, obviously, McDonald is on the ground. She's the prosecutor. It's her jurisdiction for her, you know, seemingly political ally, Dana Nestle, who is in a tough reelection. Uh, Bigfoot's her and tries to take over her investigation. I can't imagine that the county prosecutor is very excited about it. How can this be? But, but, the, but then in this entire equation, who are the losers? I mean, the school, the community. The I mean, everybody's getting you know thrown and tossed aside because everybody's jockeying for position, attention, and sound bites. And at the end of the day, I mean, the the, the parents, the students, the school, the community at large are all left at a disadvantage. And I'm going to be selfish. Me too. I'm from Oakland County. I'm scared to death. I am. I'll admit it. I'm worried. You know, Ben was telling me, yes, it's like you see it on TV and it's over there and my God, that's a shame. And then the specter of chance touches you. Yep. I'm just a person... I see it. I realize it. And it's it's just a few months. I could jog there in a day. I could jog to this school in a day. It's that close to my house. When you talk about changing it or fixing it, these people, the ones who are bickering on cable TV, this is who's going to fix it? I have no doubt that their hearts are correct. Sure. I have no doubt about I, that. I have no doubt that they're working but, hard, that, that they had very little sleep. But my problem is... You could have saved yourself three, four hours of sleep by go. getting the fuck off of fucking Don Lemon or whoever else you're doing, getting up in the morning, giving us one coherent, sober, dignified press briefing where CNN's got to drag their lazy ass out here and report what we're feeling. Yeah. Charlie, do you think, and let me let me kind of be the, the cynic here just for a minute. We've talked about As all if kinds the of stuff. Country doesn't need any more like. cynics. Thank well, God. Thank I mean, what's thank God we have one in house. <laughs> in house cynic, Karen. Yeah, go ahead, okay. Karen. Go ahead. <laughs> but I'm saying we have these conversations every time there's been, you know, I mean, Sandy Hook. After Sandy Hook, I really thought something was going to change, and nothing has. Do you think that while they may care, as I think all of us do, but deep down, they know mm, this isn't something you can pray your way out of. You can't policy your way out of it. And the process is so over overburdened that nothing will probably change. And two months from now, everybody will be on to something else. Let me just squeeze what I can out of it while I can. Well, there's probably that, but I'll say this. And I, again, I don't want to spin off into gun control. I don't know if I'm giving up. I, I, fuck it. You know, Ben knows me. 
we talk gun control or whatever, nothing ever happens. It's not even an interest in that in some way. Don't, don't shell me for that, okay? Don't shell me for that. I know what we can do. I know this, for instance. We're now going to, you could see everybody wants to blame the counselors where the, you know, this Ethan kid went. I sleep with the school counselor. Does your wife know? My wife got her own opinions on this, and I'll leave it at that. It's not, I'm sure she wouldn't want me to do. But I'll, I'll say this. You knew it was coming to blame them, but where is the sheet? Like a checklist. Yeah. If the kid does this, you do this. You call the sheriff's uh, representative. You, uh, it's within your right to check a kid's bag because you are the de facto parent at school once the, the, the parent turns it over. How about just coming up with, if a kid is looking at ammo, if a kid makes a thread, if he's drawing creepy drawings, checklist, you do this, if then. We can certainly yeah. do that. That's minimum. And the first place we need to go, and I hope to God, Oxford and the governor and the prosecutor and the school districts can come up with a template that everybody can use to avoid it, minimum. It would make a lot of sense. The rest of it, like you're right, Karen, the reason I said that is because it's going to get into change. You got to remember, Sandy Hook, those were legal weapons. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you're going to do about that. What, I, I will say this. Are we not talking about mental health enough? All are of we that. Not no, looking, we're not. And, and are we looking at, you know, and we talked about this before, Charlie, people walk by and they say, hey, how you doing? Do you pay attention to your children? Do you talk to them? Do you listen to them? Are you above, you know, asking for help if you need it? You know, I mean, we just breeze through life and assume that everything is just going to work its way out. We're not, I mean, we've got too many boxes to check. The process doesn't work. I mean, it's just, at some point, it's almost like we have to blow, I don't want to say blow it up, but we got to erase a lot of it and start all over. And to um, in-house cynic Karen Dumas's point about whether or not these people care, I think they care. I just think they care about one thing more, and that's their own livelihood and their own job. Yep, I agree, Mark. Okay, but, look, I, but I, you know, try. I think another. It's so complicated. There's so many so layers to this onion. I mean, think yeah. about you know, you can kind of reflexively. It always goes to the gun control question. But guess what? When we were growing up, guns were just as accessible as they are today. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, arguably more deadly today than then. But, you know, we didn't have school shootings in the 70s and 80s, and they started to become a thing in the 90s. But in the last 20 years, they've accelerated. And it wasn't the access to guns that accelerated. A lot of other things changed. Uh, access to social media, to violent video games, to prescribing drugs to kids that are going through hormonal development issues. Like, there's a lot of variables in this conversation. And when you start peeling into that onion... All of a sudden, it gets too complicated, and then the media does move okay, on to okay, the tragedy well, of the day. You're right, man. I'm going to stop right here. Again, I did it last week. I'm going to do it this week, and I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. Until we're willing to do some, meet, meet each other somewhere. There are very basic things we can do. Ralph Gobby was on the program last week. Metal detectors work. They're not invasive. Technology so sweet, you don't even need anybody there. It's just if the metal detector goes off, you're locked out for a moment. Somebody can come out of the office, check your bag. They can do that. But we're still not dealing with the root of it. Why? Okay, What's okay, happening but, to but, these but again, kids wait, that wait, they're wait, doing wait, this? Wait, again, we're not ready 
We've only finally just just sent the last person off to God, right? We're so, not we're not even. So if ready you're saying we're not that. ready today, and we put all these things to prevent them from happening, we're never going to get ready because we're going to feel protected. And, and so this we're not is the Republican the underlying cause. And this is the Republican talking. This is very interesting. My kind of Republican motherfucker. But I know today we can do this. Give me a metal detector. Give me a checklist. Minimum. We all know the circumstances. We don't have to relive them about the kid came, he got sent home, he came back to school, they got drawings, they put him back in class, he had the backpack. Kids, you can't take the backpack to class. It's got to be in your locker. If I see any odd stuff out of you out of school right now, and if you see odd stuff out of the kid, you call the sheriff right now. Isn't that just common sense, Charlie? Well, thank I mean, you. Uh, thank you. I mean, Karen, really, I mean this. I mean, let's start with the easy stuff. I get it. I get it. But I'm saying some of this stuff is just, if you really care, nobody has to write down for you how to care. If you see a need, you respond. I mean, this isn't brain surgery. Time out. And, uh, Time out. The kid's, the kid's an abused dog starting to come out. I mean, it's not common sense when a child in, in, in a warped one, and I can say that with all fucking surety. <laughs> no one's going to push back. He's a warped <laughs> yeah. child. Mm -hmm. yep. This goes beyond what adults are doing. Like, I'm just, again, don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen. I got my own thoughts here, but I'm not trying to alienate anybody. We're trying to be a solution here. And I think we can all agree the kid murdered people. Mm -hmm. The kid should not have been murdered. It was a gun. He had access to it and he brought it to school. All of that we agree on. Now it's right there it starts to get fuzzy. What can I do right now? What are you looking to do, Madam Attorney General? We Probably Don Lemon. Okay, I, look. Here. Okay. Okay. Let me, I got to take a breath. I do. I'm, I'm going to give you the... You guys finish this part up. Host it for me. Cause, oh, okay. No, host it for me. Just for a minute. Because I got to breathe. I can do sponsors. I'm, I'm, I'm infinitely fucking sad. Yeah. I am. This is, this is Michigan. This is Oakland County. This is my buddy Ben. It's Phoebe. This is mine. This is not Florida. I know how to get to Parkland. It's mine. I see it. I'm a leader. It's Christmas. Mm -hmm. Let me just get out. Just, just. A, we can do stuff. Here, take these. Pardon me. Give me five minutes. I'm good with awkward transitions. I'll handle it. I'll talk about Hall Financial, where you can save five some money. A, what? Five minutes is a long time in radio, but go ahead. Ah, I'm used <laughs> to it. We're, we're, we're good. We're good. I'll tell you first about Hall Financial. Uh, just go call them. Get your house refied. 866-CALL-HALL or visit them online. Callhallfirst.com. We all know what's going on with rates. They're going to go up. Why not check them out? They're um, rooted in good customer service, too. That's hard to come by. Just check out their website. Once again, Call Hall First. You'll see all the five-star reviews. Save yourself some money. They'll do it really quick, too. Usually eight business days or fewer. And uh, you got all that extra money you can do some uh, Christmas shopping with, right? Or you can save it. How about that? Save it? And put it away. Yes. <laughs> People always get excited thinking about how much money they can spend. They should get excited about how much they can put their hands on. 
that's what you got to do. You got to be able to put your hands on somebody somewhere. That doesn't sound like in-house cynic Karen Dumas. That sounds like very (laughs) steady, smart Karen Dumas. Um, If you're doing trying to get overrated, (laughs) if you're trying to get something done and you need some help, we all know who to call. ADR consultants are the ones you want uh, when you need to get something done right on time and on budget. If you're an investor, you can't get straight answers about how your assets are properly registered or repaired. Call ADR, help with asset management, zoning, certification issues. They can do it all. Save time, save money. Call ADR. They're ethical, honest, smart, and discreet. Barry Allen Tech, call them for free consultation. 248-318-9424. 248-318-9424. Mention the No Bullshit News Hour and tell them uh, you need someone to fix your shit. This place is a dump. I went this up place. In, I went up oh, in this the, house. Yeah, I went up in the Drew's refrigerator, hoping there was some fucking ready whip, you know, in them cans. I was gonna suck You're the gas it? off it. I'm gonna give me a little bit of whip it high, you know, just yeah, tis the season. Just make myself feel better, and you know, you got fucking whipped cream. Wait, is that a staple people stock in their fridges? For grown men, Charlie. What? For what? Do you have ready whip in your fridge, Karen? Yes, I do. Yeah, you want m- to know last time why when I came over they didn't work anymore? <laughs> Were you in my fridge, Charlie? <laughs> in case you don't know, because, hey, kids, uh, put your fingers in your ears. Hey, adults, if you just hold the can like this, just up to you, and you just do the... <laughs> the gas on top that makes it all frothy is actually dental gas. It's laughing gas. Yeah. Who doesn't know that? Charlie. A lot of people don't. There's that. a lot of things to be learned on this show. I got a lot of uh, flat ready whip cans in my house. <laughs> I was working in Australia, right? And I guess Charlie was over. I was working in Australia in a really hip restaurant. You know, I, I flew over there, got off a plane, got a job. And they have whippets, you know, the, the cartridges? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are used to put into a, a cream machine. Mm-hmm. So in a fancy restaurant, you mix the gas yourself with the, the sweet whipped cream. And I taunt these yabos. These fucking backwoods, dumb fuck Australians. Hey, dude, forget the cream. Just put the gas in the can. They never heard of that? None of, so I'm the bartender, but none of the plates were coming out. And I go back there, and, and Dummy <laughs> was getting up. so high on the whippets that he's <laughs> rolling around on the floor of the kitchen laughing his ass off. I'm like, dude, the steak's up, bitch. That's not very productive. Yeah, that, and I introduced I introduced uh, tequila to, to Dublin, Ireland, which is pretty all right. It's all right. <laughs> Are we distracted now? Yes, totally. That's great. All right, That's you good. know what? That's good, and that's what we needed. S- speaking of gas, <laughs> speaking of hot air. Governor Whitmer. All right, look, here's the question. Three weeks ago, Biden was in town at the new GM electric uh, vehicle plant, and you're... Nowhere to be found. uh, Apparently, according to your staff, I guess you have to stand there and ask, she's in Arizona. Here's what I heard. She's at a spa. A spa? That's what I heard. Hmm. Now, by the way, if you're going to bitch and complain, I called your communications director... I called your press secretary, yes or no. We're in the middle of a COVID spike. I don't care if you're vaccinated. You can get it if you're vaccinated. You can spread it if you're vaccinated. Why the fuck aren't you vacationing in the great state of Michigan? We, we, we pay for a house in Mackinac Island for you. Why, why didn't you lead? Jason, what do you make of that? 
Well, it's not inconsistent with her behavior throughout this entire thing. I mean, set partisanship aside, policies she put in place, she violated or her senior staff violated multiple times. She flew to jurisdictions where they had policies in place that she flaunted. Yet we're supposed to live under these policies. Now, I will give her this. She's followed political science throughout this process, and now she's doing it again by uh, standing up against Biden because she's in a re-election campaign. What do you mean she's standing up against Biden? Is that how you're reading this? Well, she at least publicly said that she opposes the federal vaccine mandate because of the impact it would have on Michigan workers. Well, this is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's, it's, that's a it, very big deal. So, again, let's watch this, right? Listen, political dude, I'll forgive you for, you know, Marco Rubio and you being the mastermind behind that. Okay, that's that's fine. <laughs> By bringing it up. I don't know why Marco Rubio is busy talking about how his parents were working class. Like, what are you doing, yeah. dude? Right? That's what you should do. It's it, it reeks of insincerity. But having said that, I digress. What do you see going on here? I mean, does Whitmer not want to be seen with Biden? Does Biden not want to be seen with Whitmer? What, what's going on? Look at his polling numbers. I mean, they're worse than Trump's numbers. And I don't think anybody in the professional side or, or just in as an observer thought that it would be possible to consistently have lower numbers than Biden. So, you know, you and I talked at the time that it was happening. To me, there was one conclusion, and that is Biden is toxic and standing next to him and being the BFF she claimed to be a year ago when she wanted to be his running mate wasn't as politically helpful as, as it was once then. Now we got COVID raging. People don't want to get the, uh, apparently, you know, this, this whole new spike has to do with people who aren't vaccinated, which intellectually makes no yes. sense to me. It makes Doesn't. no sense because it's the Delta variant, which is the UK variant, if I'm not mistaken. And that was around in January. And in March, she said the UK variant is in Florida. Don't go there. But we now know she went there. And again, they didn't want to talk. But so what she did was create a division amongst the American people, which a leader should not do. And now, just a couple weeks ago, here's what she said to um, Grand Rapids Television. Dig this one. W-O-O-D. And thank you for letting us use it, which we didn't ask, but at least we're giving them credit. And it's, a good, it's a good, get, great question, great answer. And we're just waiting for the audio. Mannequin Joe. Okay. <laughs> I told you. I told you we had everything set, but something was going to mess Who's up. Who's running this, Red? <laughs> hey, technology is human, too. Absolutely. We'll fix it in post. Take two. The fucking internet around here. When are we getting internet, brother? <laughs> he goes, it's in. It's in. It's in. And we all want electric cars. All right, Joe. Joe, that was such a sweet segue. Joe, you're going to have to unmute now. Oh, fuck. Take a lashing. All right, while well, he's doing that. see, I, I, or, or you can go to my computer, Joe, if you want to do that. I'll just keep moving on because I got much more here. Go ahead. I do think it's important to give the Trump administration some credit here. You know, their Project Warp Speed moved the United States really quickly. We have vaccines because of it. And now, simply because it's a different administration deploying a lot of this, we need to acknowledge this is an opportunity for all of us. That is one of the most extraordinary clips. It's crazy. I've seen yet involving her. And you know me, bro. Like, <laughs> Trump, really? What do you mean stop to steal? Shut the fuck up, dude. It wasn't stolen, right? There's a lot of dumb shit you did. You, you talked too much. You were divisive. There's foreign policy of yours I like. And I'm on the record as saying, remember, a lot of you have hit me like, I can't believe you say he's a murderer. I said, Operation Warp Speed. 
He did a good job there. Now you hear Whitmer saying he did a good job there. That would have gone a long way in this country, in the culture wars, had you done that. Then. Then, <laughs> but it would have cost you. Am I wrong? I'm just looking at a room full of well, people. Am I wrong? Well, you're not wrong, but also something I think people forget. At the time that she put in the, the extreme shutdowns in Michigan, you had every Democratic governor that wanted to be Joe Biden's running mate trying to out-extreme the other one. Between Gavin Newsom, uh, uh, the guy in Illinois, Pritzker, you got Cuomo in New York, you've got Whitmer here in Michigan— they were all like once one made an announcement, two days later made an, another one made an announcement about a more extreme response to COVID. And this was all in audition. And then what I found magical was after they, uh, the inauguration, all those states that I just mentioned, plus the District of Columbia, in the deadliest month of COVID up until that point, announced that they were opening up. Now, what magically happened other than the Biden inauguration mm -hmm. that we opened up all of a sudden in the deadliest yeah. month up until that point? This has always been political science, and that's why Whitmer's pivoting right now. Polling has her under 50 percent on her reelection campaign, and she's trying to figure out a way to find moderate right-of-center voters that will come back to her. Which means you got to come to this audience. You, you don't go to the—look. You don't go where they've already beatified you, where you're a saint, right? And you don't go to where it's hostile. You go where the uncertain are. Like, well, you don't get a pass here. But you can, you, can definitely yeah. find some, you can definitely find some votes here if you can articulate what the hell's going on. In the most vote-rich part of the state. But what she couldn't do is answer legitimate, fact-based questions uh, that would be able to distinguish her position on something. That is why she won't do it. I mean, and that's unfortunate, but she won't like so nobody's going to give her questions up front. Nobody's going to limit their inquiries to just what she and her communications director approve. So this isn't a landscape that is conducive for her accepting your invitation. Well, Charlie. if you, you want to if you want to win, that's what you got to do, because we're getting calls from all the ballers nationally, like the committees. So, look, anybody notice this? Here's what I find distasteful. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Again, if this thing was so virulent, then we would have had five times the death rate and the infection rate eight months ago. But it's exactly the same. You guys follow me so far? Mm -hmm. It's the same. So why? I also think it's crass to dig into people who aren't vaccinated and blame it on them because look... Who can find data? Here's the data I want. Of the people sick right now, how many of them are old? How many of them got pre-existing conditions? You know the shit we knew like a year and a half ago? Who it was killing and infecting? What's that count? Do me a favor, please. Respect on all the spectrum of American life. Because I love y'all. I'm, I'm here with you. Somebody send me the website where I can find what percentage of these 8,000 cases are over 65. You can't find it. Show me who has immunodeficiencies or lung disease. Show me who's been vaxxed and who hasn't been vaxxed. Okay? I can't find it. Charlie, but, if you want to see some interesting data, I'll Dr. Give, Joel Kahn, who is a noted cardiologist in this area, 
follow him on Twitter. He sh- he's been shut down a couple times no. because because he's giving you both sides of the story. I'm just saying, no, if you, I, all those numbers I don't that you're know. talking about. Uh, look, uh, Karen, no, I don't know if he's giving me both sides of the story. I don't know. Here's what I will do. Here's what I, I have for you. Okay. University of Michigan, not shabby, the University of Michigan Hospital, right? It's not exactly General Main Street Hospital. It's a top 10 on the continent. University of Michigan Hospital. Here's what they gave me. Small sample, but here's what they got. They had, uh, uh, the date was uh, the 6th, this week. It's the latest data. They had 76 people hospitalized. Of those 76, 72% of the people hospitalized had lung problems, immunodeficiencies, or were over the age of 65. That's three quarters. That's about what we all already know. We're not dumb. Okay, now, of those 76 hospitalized, Nearly 40%, it was 38 point something, 40% of those hospitalized were vaccinated. Think about that. Again, it's just the University of Michigan. But now, nearly 40% of the people in the ICU were vaccinated. Here's the other part. Of people on ventilators, none of them were vaccinated. So it seems correct to me. You get the vaccine, it mitigates the severity of this thing, but it doesn't protect you. I go right back to it, Jason. I give it to you. If that's the case, what a leader would do, a leader that took over the constitution of the state, the leader that really shut us down, wouldn't you think you'd stay put just to offer people a way to calm this thing down well you definitely lead you wouldn't abdicate and i think you know at the time that biden came in it had been 14 15 days that the governor had even made a public appearance so yeah i I agree that's what your expectation would be of the the state's chief executive particularly as numbers were spiking but as you and i talked about at the time as well think about all the things that were unraveling for her Politically, you had the the Benton Harbor water crisis. You had the fact that the courts were ruling against her on the $4 million that she raised above legal limits. Uh, She had one thing after another kind of unraveling, and I don't think she wanted to take a question from the press. She doesn't want to lead. She wants to inoculate herself and try to navigate herself to re-election. And everybody stay tuned because we'll get to the goofball Lilliputians that are running for the Republican nomination. It looks like I don't really got a choice. I might have to get into this motherfucker. Here's what I got. You might win, though. Yeah, I can do it. I can do it. Huh? I know what a cheap Charlie, exhibit- you'd, lo- you'd lose your mind, well, what Charlie. Ha- and what happens you to would this lose show? Your- what a great way to <laughs> lose your mind to be in a service <laughs> to somebody. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you would actually lose your mind. I mean, local government, state government, federal government are such cluster you-know-whats that I'm telling you, in, in, until people start erasing and redefining how we do things, all we're doing is recycling everything. I know, and we're dying on the vine. Our children are dying we're dying on the vine. Enough. Look what I got. What is that? This is yet more confirmation. Remember, we sh- look, here's what I know about COVID. DeSantis is the murderer governor of August. 
Whitmer's the murderer governor of November. We know, we all know that this virus likes to move around. One week, it's North Dakota. Then it's California. Then it's Florida. Then it's New York. Then Look, it's a virus, man. Some people did nothing and some people did everything and we got the same results. And if you look from the most effective state to the most ineffective state, it's plus or minus 100 people per 100,000. It is what it is. But here's what I got. Nursing home stuff. Now, in about a week, I'm anticipating the Auditor General will give us a count, a true account, of how many people died in the nursing homes. And you remember the governor put infected people in the nursing homes mm -hmm. with uninfected people. I don't know if the count is going to be accurate, inaccurate. I don't know this. Who's my, counting? My job was to ask for a count. But here's what I do know from this. When the governor was talking about data and science, we never had any. It comes in September. The governor's office is saying, hey, can you verify how many people died in nursing homes? They didn't have the data. They didn't have the ability. It was one guy on the back of an envelope on his own time trying to figure it out. The numbers are wildly out of order. Maybe they were able to get them in order somehow, and today's count is accurate. I don't know. But they didn't know. You'll remember, in early May, Cuomo was doing the same thing. That's where we got the idea. We didn't know Cuomo was hiding the hospital deaths of people that caught it in the nursing homes. They were only giving us the numbers of people that actually died in the nursing home. But they knew the number. We never had an idea. Two weeks after Cuomo said stop doing it, Whitmer doubled down. The number might be what they're reporting, and it might not be. But that is no way to make public health decisions. Does anybody in this room or listening disagree with me on that? It's fact. Anybody disagree? Nope. Okay, so we wanted to get the answers. You know what? I don't care. But we got an, our producer. He's, you know, based on the East Coast. Uh, Zach Scrow went to uh, MSU. Worked hard. He's, Sorry he's, about that. He's been calling. <laughs> he's been calling. We're trying to get her. So you know what we did? He actually went to Lansing and got his ass thrown out of the governor's office. Uh, here's a little something we put together because we're a really funky show <laughs> where we got videos and everything. We're like, this the hippest shit, and that's why they listen to us on Five Continents. And let's roll that. Elected officials. Some might refer to them as public servants, but it seems as though in today's day and age, it would be more appropriate to call them cowards. While you might be able to find these so-called civil servants at your local bar or Saturday tailgate, the moment anyone tries to get a hold of them in their office, they run and hide, sending their security team to escort you out. It's almost as though officials like Whitmer and Nestle would rather take a vacation to West Palm Beach on a private jet or eat oysters with bigwigs while drinking out of monogrammed brandy snifters, rather than answer questions from the very people that put them into power. As Michigan enters its fourth COVID surge, our governor can't be bothered to address her fellow Michiganders. Yet this time last year, she had no problem declaring a three-week shutdown 
facing near identical numbers. In fact, as some of you may remember, NBN has been attempting to get in contact since early July with our governor's office. We've tried email, phone calls, carrier pigeons, we've even tried direct mail. However, we here at NBN are still left waiting for a response. If you or someone you know has seen these missing persons, please contact us immediately at the No BS News Hour. Great, Charlie. It's pretty good, right? Zach, way to go, brother. That was good. It's, it's true, though. It's true. Okay, let's move along. So, Governor, anyway, you know, we'll see you next week. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I'd like to call this bit the round robin. Give me the music. Give me the theme music, Mark. Oh, all right. Yeah, we, one? we just selected this. No, the, the <laughs> one for round robin. What? We, we, do we have one? No, I just oh, want to see what you That's why I came up do. with this one. <laughs> What's wrong with this one? Because that's how the show opened. Oh, okay. How about uh, something? Use the outro. Uh, the outro something. Uh, Mark, you're the music guy. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to use for the outro now. Go ahead. Round Robin. <laughs> Rockin' Robin. Diddly Round Robin. And breaking news. <laughs> Why do you do this? The state of Michigan, the governor's office, the Democratic legislators, the Republican legislators, have decided to take the COVID money, keep it on, that was designed for COVID, and create a slush fund to give to multinational corporations so they'll set up here. Not only that, but non-disclosure agreements were signed by state representatives and members of the administration. That would be Republicans and Democrats. So as these multinational corporations' secret plans wouldn't be let out, and yet they're going to give them the money that was supposed to go towards health and everything. So, Charlie, we're supposed to be selected Michigan, I believe Lansing, not Detroit, for uh, a U.S. Uh, for electronic battery plant. Mm-hmm. And we're going to pay for it. Is that corrupt, Jason? But at the same time, hold on. Okay. We're also not getting any more federal dollars uh, for Michigan hospitals. That's also just a couple seconds ago. Oh, we get no more. Oh, no more money for federal. No more federal money for hospitals where COVID people are yep. dying. These unvaccinated filth people. <laughs> and yet we're going to take the five billion dollars we got left over in COVID money and give it to whom? Probably because of that Trump comment. Blood sucking General Motors. And I'll General explain Motors, that. Yep. Don't hate me. I'll explain it. You Two line billion workers. Dollars. Jason, have you ever heard? He's on the other side of the monitor. Hold on. <laughs> no, it's, it's, have you ever heard of an elected representative of the people signing a non disclosure agreement with business to not tell the people what they're doing with the people's money? I have never heard of uh, a non-disclosure agreement in this situation, but apparently this is becoming the new norm in Michigan. Look at the redistricting commission. Violated no, 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 don't go into the redistricting commission. I want to do this. This is billions. This does not meet the standard of transparency. It's not what we elect our, our members of the legislature and the governor's office to do behind. These are, these are the, this is the smoke-filled room of today. This is were garbage. you were you were you were you uncomfortable calling them leaders, Jason? The hesitancy there. 
<laughs> well, they got elected into a leadership position. Breaking news. Allegedly. <laughs> Breaking news. The No Bullshit News Hour has confirmed that Majority Leader Mike Shirky of the Republican Party in the in the state Senate has signed said non-disclosure agreement. This ain't just Whitmer. This is Shirky. This is the Republican. This is, man, this is everybody but us. Everybody but us. Anybody in this room support this? Hell no. Okay, Karen, you're yeah. monitoring. You're monitoring our friends until we get the phone lines in, which are coming any any day now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yep. Man, I'm. Gonna... They, they they don't, Charlie. But let's keep in mind too. Remember, we had uh, uh, reports of a few, and I don't want to de de deter from the conversation uh, in the Duggan administration that had been asked to sign NDAs. So obviously, there's a lot to cover up. At Fight all the power! Fight the power! Fight the power that be. This is bullshit. Fight the power. Fight the power. Fight the power that be. Bullshit. Bullshit. No. Do it out loud, man. We're reasonable. By the way, I love GM. See the muscles on there? See that? <laughs> Look at that shit. See that? Look at that. Charlie's mm -mm. flexing now. That's not a good example. That was a big three. Put that, put that on my bones. That was in paychecks to deliver chicken in the pot. I drive, okay, I, I drive a Toyota now. But that's because my brother-in-law passed away. And he had a Toyota and I'm driving it. After my 77 Caddy blew up. Not that I got to explain myself. But I am big three all the way. When are they going to be for me now? Because this deal that they're talking about in Lansing there, the non-disclosure agreement, is what GM's trying to do with this battery thing. Let me remind you people. The guys on the line, the gals on the line, they're the best line workers in the world. Japanese are pretty good, too. <laughs> I'm just going to give it up. I mean, I'm going to give it up. I ain't a liar over here, you know. But, I mean, we're the best in the world. In total. In total, right? Our engineers are the best. Everybody steals our work, right? Mm -hmm. The best. Mm -hmm. Who invented the battery? We invented the battery. So Who Charlie, invented the tire? The Greeks. Charlie <laughs> I'm sorry. You tell you know. I'm trying to monitor this stuff, but Tariq, um, who also who was a regular supporter and listener, Beydoun, Tariq, and, Tariq Beydoun? Yes. What up, though, brother? Yeah, he's he's great. But he pointed out that that's the amount that uh, of the investment that Ford is making in Tennessee. Tennessee is not giving it to them, but that's that's what they're investing in Tennessee. And keep in mind, Ford didn't make that investment here. Okay, that's a good one. See. Tariq, really smart cat. We we gotta have him on. Make make a note, somebody. Have Tariq Bedoun uh, on on the program. This guy. Yeah, he's he's very good. I oh, mean, that guy just, does everything. The guy's awesome, man. The guy. Hey, yeah, hey he Tariq, is. what's up, brother? Okay, now here's. Let me remind you of blood sucking General Motors, not the white collar people they're trying to get rid of and send the crap to India, not the blue collar people. And you know the two tier sixteen an hour. You can't live on a sixteen an hour. Here, here's what GM did over the last couple of years. Remember the $12 billion they haven't paid us back for the bailout? This is the finance guys. This is the white collar guys in the tower. I know you douchebags. Anybody could wreck a company. Man, a crack dealer runs a better, mm. runs a better operation than these idiots. You still owe us $12 billion. Don't forget this. Remember GMAC? Right? Yeah, the financial arm. Right to usually it was started mm -hmm. for car loans. 
Then they got into mortgages. Yep, all of them. And then it collapsed, and then they spun it off, and then they came to us for a $17 billion bailout while Detroit burned to the ground. Remember? Oh, yeah. Just saying. All right, here's another one. It's called the mega tax break. Mega. GM's got $3 billion sitting in a fund that Granholm gave him in 2009, right? It's not a tax break. It's like cash payments. All you got to do to get that over the next nine years is keep the 35,000 jobs that you have here already. We'll pay you if you don't move our jobs away. So an incentive. An incentive? <laughs> it's a freaking shakedown. Yeah. Okay, next one. Um, under Rick Snyder, big business received a $2 billion tax cut when he... It was a 6% gross tax, right? Mm -hmm. That was like in the middle of the Great Recession. So if you think about economic activity, it's a $4 billion tax cut. Okay, at the same time, Trump's tax law? Yeah, you know? the corporate tax the rate. The corporate mm -hmm. tax rate decreased from 35% to 21%. You ain't paying that shit either. Not that you were paying it all, GM, because you made $70 billion over the last 10 years and you paid no federal taxes. Everybody ripped on Trump. Everybody's ripping on Bezos. GM paid nothing. In fact, over that time, GM got a half a billion dollars in refunds. How did they do that? A lot of those losses, man, that uh, we paid them for. So the losses, going back to the Great Recession, 2008, 7, 6, 5, GM was allowed to carry those losses on their balance sheet. Follow me here now. I lost money 10 years ago, and I can claim a loss. The federal government's let me do it each and every year until that loss runs out. That's what Trump did. Mm-hmm. And everybody hates Trump, but that's what GM's doing. So they're claiming they a loss. Remember, they went like this? Folks, remember this? New GM, good GM, and bad GM. And they took the debt-riddled GM and put it over here. They allowed the debt to be claimed by the good GM. So they're making money hand over fist. Now, hold on, hold on. Remember the ignition switch? Y'all remember the ignition switch? Yeah, lost GM it. was in bankruptcy, and they were hiding from their new owner, the federal government, the fact that this switch was killing people? Yeah. Mary Barra is a big wig. She now is the CEO of GM, but she was head of global supply chain, and you didn't know anything. Okay. And now, Jason, we have a new secret slush fund? How much do these fuckers need from me? They're not my hometown anymore. I know you're hearing me. I'm dangerous because teach a redneck to read. <laughs> teach a redneck to count. This killing us. Pay your share. One last thing, and I open it up to everybody. It's important to know your history. In 1909, 100 years before the collapse of General Motors, 100 years, the federal government passed a law Corporate income tax. Four years later, they passed a law, individual income tax, but you needed an amendment to the United States Constitution to do it. So anybody out there giving me the argument 
that corporations are people and that it's fair. No, that's not the history of this, this country. The reason we instituted this tax was because the companies were the robber barons, the railroads, the oil. They were taken over. They're doing it again. I'm pro-business. But at the same time that all these tax rates went, went down, income tax revenue on individuals in Michigan went up by 33%. Business taxes went down 50, ours went up 33. That's why we don't got no roads. That's why we don't got stuff in the schools that makes sense. That's why, as Karen just reported, our hospitals are stinking. Anybody? I have a number for you all. 987. Is it that time already? Does that that mean anything to anybody? What'd you say, Charlie? (laughs) You said it's 987? Right. Does that mean anything to anybody? That's the murder code in L.A. Well, okay. Bring it home, Charlie. For 200 That's Alex. what the minimum wage is going up to in January. State or now, federal? You, State. I'm saying when you, when you think about, you know, keeping people uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a compromised position, what is anybody supposed to do with $9.87 an hour? I'm saying think about the bigger picture. We're talking taxes. We're talking tax break. We're talking reallocation of funds in places they don't need to be. And people are struggling to make $10 an hour. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, let's go like this. You're right. The rich man gets paid in stock options. Stocks, yep. stocks when you cash them in, are taxed at a lower rate than income. The poor man gets tax credits, he gets, you know, poverty credits. The vast majority of this shit is on the middle class. It really, you're right, Karen, about mm-hmm. that, by the way. Yeah, but Charlie, you know, the route you're going, you you can cynically portray this as a way that the skeptically. rich... The, skeptically. Okay. Thank skeptically. You. I forgot. You. Karen's got cynical today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can skeptically suggest that this is a benefit to the, the wealthy to avoid taxes, but what it also is there to do is to stimulate investment of the middle class and the working class so that they are taken care of when they get into retirement. And so... If I'm going to pay income tax on some dollars or I can figure out a way through an IRA or a, a self-employed pension to defer taxes and invest in my retirement, I am incentivized by tax credits and, and, and incentives to pre- prepare for my – so I'm not relying on Social Security only and I can live a comfortable 100%. retirement. You're talking that's about capital so, gains, right? Capital yeah. gains. Yeah. That's, a, that's excellent. But then, then when you break down who's actually got stock, yeah. 50% of Americans don't own one – stock okay and that one tenth of one percent own 40 percent of the stocks therefore why is the stock market valued so high when corporate profits don't mirror the growth in the price of the stock it's called inflation it's called wealth redistribution and i submit to you ladies and gentlemen that working people are entitled to a piece of the profit that's not socialism that's detroit that's it. It just seems wrong when you have corporations paying no federal taxes None. for whatever reason. I'm paying more than GM. And it also and seems, they still owe me. It also seems wrong <laughs> that states are. I wouldn't it, do that for my brother. <laughs> that and you go to jail if you missed a payment. That's another thing. You know, you've got people out here that don't pay taxes or that go years without paying anything. You miss a payment, Charlie. The IRS is going to be uh, at your door. Well, meanwhile, you have states pitted against each other to create incentives to keep companies or get companies to come. I mean, you have them fighting against each other. Not that, you know, I understand why, but... Great point. This is what I want to see out of my governors. 
Like, look, everybody knows this. Now, this is back, back to my, my reasonable people that, you know, work numbers and stuff. <laughs> what are you going to do? Jobs are good. Mm-hmm. Jobs are good. Mm-hmm. Whether I pay GM a billion dollars or not, if I got 10,000 jobs making $50,000 a year, that's, 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 that's 10,000 families doing better that spend money that create more jobs. I get it. They're in a pickle. They're in a pickle. I totally get that. The governors need to get together just like the, con- the, the nations of the world were trying to get together and create a new global tax on these companies. We need to do that as a country because they're playing Illinois off of Michigan, yeah. off of Tennessee, off of Kentucky, off of fucking— But uh, that still doesn't, pr- that, that still doesn't give us a level playing field because take, take just the, the aerospace industry. What, what France does as a, an equity owner— of Airbus, they are subsidizing their equity owner means they they're an owner. They, they have own. A piece. They yeah. They just it is a socialized corporation, and they're competing like with Boeing in the United States. And so Boeing doesn't have the same leverage of government investment that that Airbus does with Boeing, and we're competing. So you could go ahead and have a flat corporate tax in all the developed countries to try to minimize the playing countries against each other. But they're just going to find another way to, to manipulate the system so that they get it. What a touch of fucking class and intellect. What he said is true. Yep. Just let that sit a minute. Look, let's just, everybody take a swallow of beer. I need I'll one. drink, Charlie. I, I, mine's empty. Oh, well, we'll take <laughs> care of that. Paco! <laughs> oh, Charlie. What? What? Paco's a white guy. Yeah, well, you think it's shit? That's the name comes from Spain, motherfucker. What? Okay, anyway, let's let's move along. <laughs> let's move along. Um, if you want to know how these secret deals really play out, GM and the non-disclosure agreements, right? Um, Illich going up there and getting new legislation to build himself a hockey arena. He never comes through with the promises, and. Happy anniversary, Dan Gilbert and the new skyscraper. Oh, right. Yeah. Remember, he went up there and lobbied to get all kinds of sweeteners, no clawback, public money. We got what? Three floors and a new announcement. Yeah. It's coming. It's the four-year anniversary of the groundbreaking on December 14th. I want to show you something. Four years ago, we broke ground. What do we got up? First of all, tell me what we got up because I can't see. Uh, well, on, oh, what yeah. What went up? There you go. This one is in Chicago. This is the Salesforce Tower. Okay? They broke ground in 2020. What you're seeing there is 40 stories, and they're putting the glass up as they go. Looks great. Okay? Wow. I'm not exactly sure the financing on this. Even if it was public financing, look how fast they go. This one. This was in 2020. This, yeah. This, now the next one. Put the next one up. This is my baby here. This is one Chicago. It's called the block development. They purchased the land themselves for $110 million. The Hudson site was given to them for $1. Okay. It broke ground in December 2019. There's a photo here. It's July 2021. That bitch is almost done. Pretty pretty damn tall building. (laughs) Bitch is hot. It is, man. It's, It's gold, right? I'm seeing what I got here. Because people are listening and not watching. But uh, I, I, I forget. This is like 80 floors. This is, this yeah. is two, this yeah, is two years of work in COVID. Yeah. This is private development. Mm-hmm. How the hell did we give public money 
to this dude down there who, by the way, anybody look up RKT stock price <laughs> in the toilet, told you, told you, you just, just remember, tell everybody that you need to subscribe to No Bullshit News Hour. You can do that on Facebook. You can do that on uh, what? YouTube? Yeah, Odyssey. Yeah, yeah you, you can go to like wherever you get uh, podcasts mm -hmm. and you're going to get the truth. It's nice to watch it on YouTube, Charlie. I pull it up sometimes just to pretend like I'm a listener. Getting us a click. You just want to see yourself. Just I'm not on here enough, but I just like to see it. I mean, just to watch it from a you know from a, an observer perspective. Don't say that, Mark. <laughs> I got okay. enough media clips. I don't need to do that. Okay, next <laughs> next round, Robin. Dana Nessel back in the news. Okay, I want everybody's opinion Ugh. on this. We're uh, watching. While you're grandstanding in Oxford, madam. Uh, the Monday, the, the shooting, the tragedy was Tuesday. On Monday, the judge ordered Nessel and her prosecutors to weed out privileged documents in the Flint water crisis cases. Remember, I told you, you, a, you a while ago. Yeah, what I what I predict, bro. Just that you have to have a third party go through the um, client uh, attorney privileges before she could see them. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it in plain English for you, Jason and Karen, and then wow. you tell me your opinion. You're such a hack. <laughs> okay, well that's plainer. That you More you tanked the racketeering investigation, you tanked the murders investigation, started over, and forgot to put a third-party lawyer in place because all the documents that you were subpoenaing that they already had, you re-subpoenaed them, and now you have confidential and privileged information between, like, the governor, the health director, the emergency managers, and their lawyers. It's illegal. And this, I would say, kind of weak mm -hmm. um, circuit court judge said, wait a minute, you got to go back and take all that stuff out. What it says to me is, if you arrived at charges with that shit in possession, your possession, the, these charges go nowhere. They're going to throw this case out. Flint, you got fucked. Well, and there should have been a taint team at the front end of this. And it's called wasn't. the taint team. The third group of lawyers, the third party, it's called the taint team, Jason Go. That should have been on the front end of this. This is something they should have never had it had access to. I think everything that she's done on this has been a perversion of what the rules are to try to manipulate the outcome that would help her politically. Karen? What Jason said. <laughs> Boom. Next one. Slipping Jimmy Craig, the presumptive frontrunner for the Republican nomination for governor. As I told you, breaking news. <laughs> Well, it's old. I told you you had a rat, Jimmy. I told you. This time it was John Yob. John Yob, the architect behind everything, quit the campaign a couple weeks ago. Okay? And he's, he said publicly, he's sitting around, he's waiting, he's trying to see who's raising money, and he'll redecide if he's going to re-engage in this race. Uh, Jason? Yes? Is James Craig's done? Uh, I think he's dead unless he makes some significant changes. In the next Wait, two breaking weeks. news. <laughs> Jason Rowe, big time Republican strategist. James Craig is dead unless he makes significant changes. And go. He's got about two weeks until the next filing deadline. So whatever money he's raised is going to be the only metric other than some polls that we've seen to, to test his strength. This guy was coronated. He was basically blessed by everybody in the Republican establishment. And I think it went to his head. And I think he's phoned it in ever since. 
and he's not out there grinding, earning uh, the endorse the the nomination. And I think it's created an opening for people like Kevin Renke and other wealthy business leaders like Perry Johnson to take a look at this race and have an opportunity because he didn't close the deal when he had the opportunity. So are you saying if the number doesn't come back like a million dollars that he raised? I, I think if he doesn't post a million dollars on the December 31st filing deadline, I think it's difficult to see a path that he stays in this race. Does this mean the bigwigs, the deep-pocketed guys, the Republican establishment has left him? Uh, I, I think a good number of them have. Wow. wow. So Whitmer just lucked out because there's a bunch of Lilliputians running. Well, but I, I, I think after we get through the filing deadline and people know what those numbers are, I think there's some other candidates in the wings that might jump in. And, uh, and because of the vacuum that Craig let develop. I mean, he should have closed this deal months ago. Uh, but, you know, he, he's not he doesn't come from the political world. He's been in law enforcement his entire life. This is a new game for him. And I think he was on a very compressed time schedule to figure it out and take advantage of it. And I don't think he's done it. So uh, is this a thing where the big money donors hold on to their money to see who has the most? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've gotten calls from people like, you know, who's the horse at this point? Because no one knows. Because it's you want to back a winner. Yeah. So you want to back who's well, got they, a lot of money already. They want to beat Whitmer. She's been a horrible governor. She has had her boot on the neck of the business community. She's had her boot on the neck of working people, of small businesses, of entrepreneurs. Um, you know, the, we're facing the challenges that we're facing, whether it's the COVID or the economy, because of Gretchen Whitmer. And so I think people are looking for a change, but they want to get behind somebody that can get the deal done. She hasn't lost my vote yet. I'm looking, look, I'm, I'm watching her move. I'm, I'm going to say this. And I want you all to, everybody get on social media and start hating me. Do it. I love they it. They won't do that, Charlie. It, it, it makes, I don't go out anymore, so it makes my Saturday night great. <laughs> it makes me really pissed. She hasn't lost me because what I'm seeing here is an acknowledgement. Uh, DeSantis in Florida tried one way. I tried another way. It was all in the interest of the public. It didn't quite work out. We've learned if she could say this, I would advise her to say this. It didn't work out. It, it didn't happen the way I was advised. I've wised up. I see it. I encourage you to get vaccinated. I'm trying everything I can to get investment in this state. I have a good command of the issues facing the state. No, she hasn't lost my vote. Am I wrong here? Yes. That'll never happen, Charlie. I mean, it, it just won't happen. I mean, it's good that you have positioned yourself and are committed to remaining objective. Um, but that that that'll never happen. I, I, don't, I, I think you're an idiot for remaining objective. Uh, I mean, when you look at whether it is the three point nine billion in unemployment benefits that were shipped out wrong. I mean, that's just competence and governance. You look at the Benton Health, Benton Harbor uh, water crisis. I mean, when she was running for governor and when she was out of office, she was a huge critic of Governor Snyder and what happened in Flint. And if you take the words that she used against Governor Snyder, the words that Dana Nessel used against uh, Governor Snyder and applied them to Whitmer, she'd already been indicted and she'd already have a one-man uh, grand jury uh, looking into charges against her. Uh, you look at the illegal fundraising that she's, you know, taking these goofy, going nowhere recall campaigns and as an excuse to run, un raise unlimited amounts of corporate money into her campaign, $4 million, which the courts have ordered her to disperse. 
her own violations, whether it's flying to Florida when she's telling everyone else not go, not to go to Florida, whether it's going to a bar with her buddies when she's telling everyone else not to go to a bar, not wearing a mask. In D.C., when they have mask mandates, she's out there partying, doing shots without a mask on. She's going to, to Arizona during uh, lockdown. All the things nursing she, homes. You got the nursing home desk that she's underreported, and her policies are roads haven't been fixed. She ran on fix the damn roads. Non-disclosure agreements when she ran on the transparency. Like the, okay, the hold laundry on, hold list. On, hold on, hold on. One, competency two, issues. Check, 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 check. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You're right. I got nobody. <laughs> That's why you got to run. Hmm. Here's what I promise you. Run, Charlie, run. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will. Breaking news. Maybe I'm running. Maybe. All right. Maybe you're not. Maybe I'm Jason, not. Jason can be your lieutenant governor. <laughs> now, finally. I don't know how unelectable Charlie is, but I'm pretty unelectable. <laughs> Uh, don't be so sure. Everybody's electable. It's, too, it's too, all about packaging too presentation. Too Maybe it's may, doable. I might be able to pull it off in a Democratic primary. He's too short. Man, let's go out with some too short music. <laughs> <laughs> too short? Oh, okay, Charlie. Right, go ahead. Start working on that, girl, because here's our last piece today. Bill Hartman, the Wayne County canvasser, Republican. Y'all remember him. He looked like a walrus. He died of COVID. He was the Republican canvasser. He was the one who didn't want to certify the election in Wayne County, and he ended up doing it. And you've heard him on this show. The reason he didn't want to certify it was because Detroit kept being out of whack in terms of its count. It wasn't wildly off, but it was off. Bill came on this program, and Bill said, Bill is, you know, he's a Trumpy, little conspiracy, little anti-vaxxer. Bill just wanted a better society. I know Bill. You don't know Bill. And Bill came on this program and he said to all of us, no, I did not see 150,000 fake ballots come in to Cobo Hall, to the TCF. Bill said that. I can say now that Bill has passed away from COVID. That the night that he voted to certify, the, the night that he did his duty, Trump called him up. And fucking bitched him out. He took pressure from that side. He got sued by the left. I found Bill to be kooky. I found him to be smart. And I found him to be honest. And when I read reports that Bill deserved to die from COVID. Because he was some kind of anti-vax puke. Makes me puke. It's disgusting because I'm going to tell you the truth. I kept in touch with Bill because I like interesting people. You got as much right to this planet as I do. You want to know what? Bill was vaxxed. At least that's what he told me. You should be ashamed of yourself. This is not how we run a society. So I'm going to say, Bill... Glad to know you. Gonna miss you. You're one of the good ones. Didn't always agree. But I found you to be decent.
Emma said, Dad, Ben, we're thinking of you and your family. Oxford, you know. Oxford strong. Go blue. Go green. Go green, Charlie. Them too. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Jason. Thank you. Karen, uh, I got the cookies. Oh, okay. Merry Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. You are insane. Why? What did I do? Because <laughs> I got this big package on my porch. For me, I don't get no packages. This is a bomb. I had my I had my neighbor open it. Hey man, check it out. I think it's for you. It could be anthrax. It said it was from it said it was from Neiman Marcus. That it was been, Neiman I mean. Marcus. It was oh my god, it was this huge box. And within the box was yeah. a little box. Oh. And you know what was in the little box? A- another little box? Yeah. Oh. It's a beautiful tin that said Neiman Marcus. Oh my god, what did I get? What did I get, Karen? Chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> I got Neiman Marcus chocolate chip cookies. Hey, those things are world-renowned, Charlie. Oh, my They're- God. I tasted them, and you know what I said? What? That tastes like Chips Ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you say could, that. You could have got I- me a six-pack of some Chips Ahoy, baby. <laughs> okay, next time. But God, I, I to love you and all the diesel we wasted on that. You are the best, and guess what? I now got... Another tin box to keep my ammo in. (laughs) Greatest gift in the world. I love you. Thank you so much for the present. You are welcome. You and Amy have happy holidays. And the the little one. Enjoy. Thank you, Charlie. All right on.